Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers. I'm flying solo on this special edition of the, the Mind Vine podcast series. We're calling this the Protective Mind, or Protecting Mind series, as it relates specifically to a campaign that we're embarking on at Ontario Shores Center for Mental Health Sciences, uh, along with the Ontario Shores Foundation. And, uh, we've done similar campaigns in the past. Uh, this one's a little bit you know, unique. Uh, it's a fundraising and awareness campaign. And we are fortunate to have um, 10 individuals sharing their story, uh, being part of digital ads um, that have a connection with mental health that uh, played a role in kind of the front lines of the pandemic. Uh, As we kind of look ahead uh, to what life might be like uh, in a post-pandemic world, we know the demand for mental health services is great. And we anticipate it even being greater in the future and the pandemic is certainly going to play a, a larger role in, in seeing those numbers increase as people deal with a multitude of factors, uh, which could have been job loss, uh, added stress in the environment, relationship stress, all sorts of different things. And um, we were fortunate when in the summer we were looking for participants to share their story that we had people volunteer, uh, answer kind of a call on social media. And one of um, our participants was right in our own backyard. Uh, She works at Ontario Shores. Uh, I'm going to say her name and I'm gonna say it right. It's Rachel Boutillier. Uh, She works in environmental services and she joins us now. Hi, Rachel. Hi. How did I do with the name? You did perfect. I love it, thank you. Great, wonderful. So thank you so much uh, for participating in this podcast and being part of the campaign. as I mentioned, you, you work in environmental services here in Ontario Shores. We'll get into to that a, a little bit more, but while your relationship with Ontario Shores in terms of a, a working relationship is detailed in the campaign, that's not why you're participating. Tell us a little bit about your kind of your initial connection to, to mental health. Um, so I personally have mental health issues uh, I got diagnosed in probably 2010, 2007. I don't know, something like that. I can't remember the exact time, but I got diagnosed borderline personality disorder. Um, I grew up with a brother who was schizophrenic. Uh, I have a daughter who's got massive depression and anxiety. So mental health is a big part of my life and something that I battle with daily. And, you know, it, I... I'm trying to do my best uh, to um, help others and show them that, you know, you can make it through whatever life kind of throws at you. What's really fascinating about mental health, and I mean, I guess it's not unlike other conditions, other physical health conditions, but it seems to be more unique uh, for mental health is what works for somebody with your mental health issue may not work, work uh, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And you have a unique experience. You, you are at least somewhat unique in the fact that um, medication hasn't been uh, a 
real factor in your recovery, has it? No, um, I did try. I, I went through all the avenues, um, you know, doctors prescribed this and that. And the last time they prescribed something, uh, it went the opposite end, which can happen with medication. And I went off the deep end and with my six month old at home with me, I tried to commit suicide. I had no idea, like wasn't coherent. I didn't really know what was going on. It really wasn't something that I wanted to do. It's just the way the medication messed around with my head. And so, you know, I, once I sort of leveled out and had discussions with my husband, it was like, I can't keep going up and down like this. This isn't working for me. It's not working for my children. Like it's scary. And I said, you know, I got to find a better way. Medication's not it for me. So I found, uh, I started doing fitness things. Um, which is a big jump out of my bubble. Like I was very used to staying home, being in bed and not talking to anybody. Like my social anxiety is like way up there. So I went to the gym, I jumped out of my bubble, started doing some of the fitness stuff and joined some classes. And slowly I came out of my bubble a bit. It started feeling better and that was what was working for me. So fitness gen generally tends to be what, helps alleviate when I go up and down a lot. As you were going through your recovery, um, you eventually re-entered the workforce or started to, to think about uh, working. And was there something about what you had experienced and, you know, what we do at Ontario Shores that like drew you to it? Or was it something just coincidence? The work world is hard when you're in recovery and it depends on what your illness is because I went through a lot of jobs. There's a lot of jobs I cannot do. And whether it's stigma or my, the illness itself, uh, I went through a lot. So at some points it was like, I didn't even think I was going to be able to work. And cleaning became a thing at some point during the recovery. And it was nice because it was in a place where I was by myself cleaning and doing things. I had no stress. Ontario Shores came up and about and it was a little bit of outside my bubble because I knew I had to be around people. And, you know, I met with my bosses and I, I said, you know, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, realistically, like, I am horrible with people. Like, I, I try, but my social anxiety, my fear of everything just sometimes takes over. I don't know if I can do this. But I want to because the people in this facility are the people that I want to make differences with. And I want them to see that someone like me can do it so they can do it. So as you're, I guess that I'm assuming that made, you know, kind of transition a little easier because you mentioned in a previous conversation, like you're, you're in a place where people are coming and going and people are staying, um, you know, our inpatients, but we do have a number of outpatients. Like people are entering the facility who, may have a similar or something, somebody that you can relate to in some fashion, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's the great thing about what we do. Yeah. We, you know, clean and disinfect and do all that stuff, but we are lucky enough to be able to have conversations with the clients in the facility. And sometimes you might find something and you have a commonality with, or like something similar to someone who's struggling and you can say something and absolutely change their day. Hmm. So you, you, you hinted at, um, you know, well, t 
talked about your work a little bit. When the pandemic hit in March, um, and somebody that you know you talked about social anxiety, you know, and different uh, issues that you you know that you have to manage on a daily basis. What was it like for you uh, just coming to work during that period? Was it difficult? Was it uh, what? You know, I guess like what was it like for you at that point? So the pandemic for me, people sort of make fun of me for it, but I'm like, I don't, I can't pay attention to the news. I can't pay attention to the numbers because I overthink everything to the point of like, I will not sleep. I will not survive properly if I pay attention to, I, so I stay in my bubble. So going to work was actually really good for me because I would go see the same people every day and I knew I was okay. So I had it a little bit probably different than a lot of people. So I got to stay in my bubble and that was my good place. The actual work changed a little bit um, while you were still disinfecting and cleaning. The work like changed you were, a little bit, yeah. But there were significant changes, if not to the work you were doing, maybe how often and how you had to do it. Can you describe like what it was like for you just doing your job on March 10th or 11th and then doing it after March 12th when they announced the, the pandemic? It, it's... I don't know. I think about it too. It's to this day. It's so strange that what the pandemic has done and like the realization and perspective it puts on things like from what we were doing beforehand to what we're doing now, like essentially we're making sure everybody stays safe and healthy and is alive. Like we're making sure COVID does not come into the facility and knock on wood, we've done that so far. Um, but it's like, it's a lot of pressure at the same time because you don't want to miss things. You want to make sure everybody stays safe. And so we're constantly wiping stuff down. So I was working the isolation unit that we had for the three or four months that we had it. And constantly, anytime anybody used a bathroom, you'd have to clean it. You're like constantly in the full PPE and like patients couldn't leave their rooms and go anywhere. Like it's been tough, like not easy, but we're trying to keep everybody safe. So definitely different than before. You've mentioned before that keeping, uh, keeping people safe, but in a different way. Yeah, we, certainly. Uh, like, and I guess it's the like it's the elimination of uh, of time. Like you would normally wait a couple hours to clean that bathroom, and now you're doing yeah, it, you know, instantly and redeploying people. And it just made me think. You mentioned that how proud you were of your team. You know, as they throughout you know the work they've done they've been amazing yeah. like protocols change so frequently and it's so tedious and tough and they've just rocked it do you feel like this is kind of shined a, a light on on the people at Ontario Shores a little bit like do you feel a little bit more appreciated by people in the unit or patients or you know what is you know kind of what has this done for uh, kind of in that sense I think before COVID, everybody was really like a good team, but I feel like this has really brought everybody even closer together because we're all doing this together. We're all, you know, a lot of us don't leave the facility other than to go home to our families and come back to work. So it's like, I feel like this has made us closer as a team and a unit of, and even with our patients, like it's just, again, perspective, right? So looking at the campaign now, uh, so you're dealing with this really stressful situation, the pandemic, doing your job, doing it really well, wearing full PPE, and now you're going to be on uh, billboards, potentially ads, your story is going to be all over the internet. 
How does that make you feel? Uh, definitely nervous, but I really want people to see what our team does. And again, and for me, like what you can do through mental illness, like it's, uh, I think it's very important. I think our team does very important work and they don't get enough recognition. Um, and so I hope that, that this will do that. You just made me think of something too. I know one of the, one of the things we struggle with on Ontario Shores is for our patients specifically is um, being able to find meaningful work, right? So a lot of times you, you kind of touched on it a little earlier that, um, you know, because of the complexities of the uh, mental illness, you may not have, you may not be able to do something you used to do, right? Like we have that in a lot of cases where somebody, you know, may be a teacher and, you know, now they're looking to re-enter the workforce and teaching doesn't, you know, it, it, it just doesn't jive with the demands of their illness. And, and so they have to, you know, they have to look at a different direction or try something different. But like for you, meaningful work um, after, you know, your journey through mental illness and, and recovery, what has it meant to you um, to have something like the job you do every day with the people that you do it with? It's everything to me and like I probably drive my bosses nuts because I thank them every day for like well not every day but like enough that it's like I am grateful that they hired me like I get to save lives I get to talk to people I get to help people and even if it, in a day I don't really get to see anybody because sometimes on the shift that I'm on right now that doesn't happen but I know no matter what I'm making a difference and that to me is everything like the fact that we're doing this podcast right now is due to other people in the facility having faith in me and wanting to help me with my mental advocacy. Speaking of advocacy, when the campaign launches, which it will be in October and um, you'll see it in November as well, what do you hope comes out of it? I seriously hope that people will see um, that you can, you can make it through anything. It's, it's a matter of perspective and how hard you're willing to fight for it. You just got to get out of your bubble and work. I like how bubbles now, the word we all use all the time. It's the bubble, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for your time. It's the comfort zone, the bubble. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And then now we're kind of, we've been spending our lives trying to get out of our bubble and now we're being forced in it. Uh, now we're in a bubble. Yeah. yeah it's, Thank you very much for sharing your story in the campaign and taking time to do this. It's really, you're really inspiring. I think it really, you're an example of why we need to work with employers, why we need to work with employers. We know the path.